Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. If anybody happened to see the message uh, that got sent out today, what was it via? It was online. However it was online. Um, we just got our, our signals our, our signals mixed and crossed, amen. We, I, I had an interesting week so far this week and, uh, uh, you know, uh, saved, I spent some more early, uh, early morning uh, evenings and, uh, or, yeah, I guess that's the way, early morning mornings. Early morning time, early morning time amen. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, it, it just seems like, uh, I don't know if we can hear better at that time or what, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's a there's a certain something that happens in me when I get excited and stirred about something I get excited and stirred about it and I, and I I come at it 90 miles an hour right and then there's always a, a slowdown period shortly afterwards and so I'm thankful I had that but I hadn't talked to my wife in between then and we were gonna I, I said I was ready to come to church in uh, on Tuesday night in sweatpants and just sit here in a chair and, and just have a conversation, amen. But that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's why we were going to have uh, not live stream, not because of the sweatpants, but just because because that, that was the, the, the thing I was thinking in the moment. That was about 6 in the morning, I think, when I told her about that. And so that was a... You, you know what I mean? There's just things developed in the meantime. <laughs> so <laughs> praise God for it. But you know, if, if there's anything we've learned around here, especially in this church, I think, is we just got to wait and see. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to just wait. I mean, there's there's a word of God and we're thankful for that. But uh, well, we don't know what we're going to do with that yet. Amen. And we don't always know. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I don't know. Even when I come to the pulpit, I'm still 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 kind of curious. That's not one of those days. This message actually came real quick and easy. <clears throat> praise the Lord. It came real quick and easy when I didn't think I was even going to have a message. So that was good. Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, uh, here we are. Uh, tonight's message is transformation through trouble. Amen. <clears throat> Glory to God. And we're, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm excited about this message. I hope, uh, I got a lot of scripture. I hope we get into it. On the other side, I also hope there's enough utterance that I, I don't get into all of it. So either way, we're going to get the message. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tonight's message, like I said, is transformation through trouble. And we're going to be talking about the, the, the change that trouble can cause. Amen. But there, there, there is a good thing in this, and there can be a good thing in it. Now, you know, we know that there's different kinds of trials that we can go through in life. You know, we can go through trials that are self-inflicted. Uh, I, I would gather that probably the devil doesn't, is actually gotten, kind of grown, especially once, uh, you know, he got cell phones and smartphones into our hands, uh, that the devil has to do a lot less nowadays. You know, he's, uh, he's kind of kicking back and just watching us do our own destruction. But, you know, there, there, there is a lot of that. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of things that we can open the doors to. And, you know, as a pastor, this is why I preach every single week. And I, I share different things. And sometimes they're corrective in nature. Sometimes they're, they're hard to hear. Amen. But those things are always to help us and increase us and to get us to go in a better direction. Now, we all have a choice whether or not we're going to partake of those things, if we're going to do them. And in those things, if we choose not to do them or if we choose to do opposite, then we are going to see trouble. And that trouble, we can't blame on God. We can't blame on the devil. We can't blame it on our spouse. We can't blame it on our friends. And you surely can't blame it on your pastor. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But there is another kind of uh, trouble that comes to us as well. And that kind of trouble is trouble that we didn't, bar we didn't fight for. That's trouble that we didn't do anything for. It's just trouble that shows 
shows up on our doorsteps and sometimes it shows up when we're doing everything right. In fact, most times I find that it shows up when we're doing everything right. How many know that if you start getting, getting faithful to God, if you start getting stirred in the things of God, that there is a devil who's going to attack that? You know, he's, that's the time when he's mad because now he has to get up and do something. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so, so uh, th that's the kind of trouble that we're talking about tonight. So if you've done a lot of stupid things and you're having a lot of trouble because of the stupid things you did, this is not, uh, you, you're not going to be able to say amen for those things in this message. Amen? But if you've been doing the things you've been supposed to do and you have trouble anyways, then this message is for you. And I would gather that even if you do a lot of stupid things and you have a lot of stupid trouble because of the stupid things you do, I would gather that in there, there's at least a, a few little things that were uncaused. Amen? Now, of course, I am being a little bit dramatic and joking around a little bit, but there is truth to both sides of this, but we're preaching the other side of it tonight. Amen? Glory to God. You know, it's a lot funny because a lot of times on Tuesday nights, I have direction for Tuesdays for maybe a, a, a while out, but I just haven't had that this time. I think I'm going opposite what Pastor Michael did. From what I heard from him, he, he's doing more in like in, in, in group or, or all on the same topic or something, I guess, but... Not this time around. Oh, I thought, well, praise the Lord. Whatever, whatever we're doing, amen, we're just following the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Well, tonight's uh, message starts off with a question. Does God hear your prayers? If I were to ask you this, what would your answer be? I mean, you don't have to answer out loud. But really, if you had those moments where you think, man, is God even hearing me right now? Is God hear my prayers? Is he listening to what I'm asking him? Is he because sometimes, you know, you pray and it seems like just the opposite happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times when we pray, there's not just God listening. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we pray, there's a devil listening. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, and and there's, there's opposition that's, that's coming at us. Well, let's turn over there to 1 John 5. We're going we're gonna to answer this question quick. And it, it's a good way to start off this, uh, this message because we can get this out of the way and then we know the truth. Amen? What happens when we know the truth? It sets us free. Glory to God. <clears throat> so, this can... Heal us from wrong thinking. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to preface this verse, these verses by saying a few things. <clears throat> this, this scripture does not apply to you if you're not a child of God. You're not a child of God if you, don't, uh, if, you, if you haven't come and received of Jesus and what he did for you. If you haven't received that into your life. If you're not following him, you know, these things, you, you, you know, th these don't really, uh, don't really apply to you. It's going to be real difficult to have, uh, have what these verses say. But these verses do apply to us, I think, everybody who's sitting here anyway. So well, let's go ahead and read it. 1 John 5.14, praise the Lord, uh, says, This is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. <clears throat> well, that's pretty interesting. So if we, uh, if we could say, you know, ask the question again, does God hear our prayers? The Bible says that this is the confidence we have. And so we should have some kind of confidence in this, right? We should have some kind of confidence when we come to God that he's hearing our prayers. If we have no confidence that he's hearing our prayers, then number one, the first thing that we know, we, we know is that we better check up on our relationship. Because if we, have a good, if we have a relationship at all with God, we know that he hears our prayers. Why? Because the Bible tells us that. This is a confidence that we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But there's another part in here that we also see. And he's asking anything according to his will. 
You know, there's a lot of things that we can pray for. There's a lot of things that we do pray for. I remember when I was coming up in the faith, I, I remember my focus being on a lot of things in the world, a lot of worldly things, a lot of things I needed. You know, I need this to happen. I need that to happen. I, you know, I, I, I need this change in my life. I need that change in my life. I need, uh, you know, we need money, God. Praise the Lord. We need this or we need that, you know. But, you know, the Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so that tells us a very important thing, that, that when we come to him, we should know something before we come to him, and that's his will. If we don't know God's will, then coming to him with prayer is kind of useless. Now, when I say we need to know his will, I mean, we have to know his general will. That's true. But we also need to know his will and the things that we're coming to him for. Amen. Uh, this is an area that I think a lot of Christians fail at. That they just kind of throw, it's like they're throwing darts at a dartboard blindly, you know. They're just kind of just kind of heaving them out there with their prayers, just kind of throwing, maybe God will answer, maybe I, we shouldn't come to God. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take it a step further. It's not faith if you come to God not expecting that he hears you. I said it's not faith if you can't come to God expecting that he hears you. Now, you may just come to God, you may just uh, read the scripture quickly and just go, okay, God hears me, and so I'm just going to believe that for everything, and so I'm just going to pray for anything I want. But see, now you're also not coming in faith, because faith has to be built on something that you know is absolutely true. Because faith that isn't built on something that's absolutely true, true cannot be faith. Why? Because you can't guarantee something you don't know is true, that you, something you, you can't guarantee something is going to come to pass that you ask for, if you don't know it to be true. Right. Amen? My kids pretty much knew all their life that I would feed them, or that my wife would feed them, or that we would at least provide the materials for them to be fed. Yeah. It was something they knew. Yeah. It was something that I don't think my kids ever questioned, are we going to eat tonight? <laughs> it was just never a question. Why? Because they knew it. They had complete faith in that. Mm -hmm. See, we need to have faith in God, but in order to have faith in God, we have to understand something about him. See, there's a lot of people that believe in God, but just believing in God isn't having faith in God. You know, just because you say, well, God exists, well, the demons say God exists, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. It's not impressive for a person to say, I believe God exists. The Bible tells us a fool says in his heart there is no God. So if a, if a fool says there is no God, then it's pretty simple to say, well, we can at least level up to a fool. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that doesn't get us anything. Actually, as a child of God, you should be way beyond this idea of believing in God. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the questions that we ask, a lot of times, if we want to find out about somebody, the questions that we ask, maybe not just blatantly, but they all always come back around to this, is do they know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? Right. You know, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I tell you? You know, you can't say that Jesus is your Lord if he's not your Lord. Well, what does that mean? A Lord is somebody who's in control of the other one. A, a, another way that it's been said in the Bible is, is people call them master. They call God master. That, that, that's uh, kind of uh, referring to like a, a slave ownership type of thing. And we understand that if you've been born again, that you now you're slaves to Christ. And if you're a slave, you don't have choice anymore. Now, God in his graciousness has given us some free choice. But there's a lot of things that Christians do that they shouldn't be doing because what they're doing is they're just choosing their way instead of choosing his way. When you choose your way over his way, then he ceases to become your Lord. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Now, I'm just setting a foundation here, but uh, this isn't even the meat of the message because the, the, this is just the truths, the, the basic truths we have to get into. So if we're not living our lives predominantly for the Lord, then he is not our Lord. Glory to God. And so that should wake us up to something. If Jesus is not our Lord, then God is not our Lord. And if they are not our Lord, the Holy Spirit is not our Lord. Glory to God. Then we can't have much confidence when we go to him, can we? Amen. Amen. But this is written to Christians. This is written to believers. This is saying here, this is, the, this is the confidence that you can have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked of him. So does God hear our prayers? The answer is, should be yes. And if God hears our prayers, then we should be able to say yes to the idea that our prayers should be answered. That when we pray them, it shouldn't be a matter of, man, I pray this in hope. If you pray a prayer in fear, you're praying it in hope, not, not in confidence. Right. Amen? And it's not godly hope, it's, it's human hope. It's hope, oh, I hope this happens. If you pray prayers that way, you don't have any confidence, which means you're not praying according to Scripture, which means you're not praying in faith, which means it is a crapshoot. It's up in the air. It may or may not happen. Yeah. Right? God has called us to know. We should know when we pray, when we go. We should have confidence. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. What's, what's grace? The grace is confidence, that, uh, or the grace is the ability that you don't have. That's why we can have hope. It's because God has, has put his grace upon us, which is his ability upon us, which is something that we couldn't do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God should hear our prayers. We should understand that. So then, then comes the question, why? Don't we always get the answers to our prayers? I'm going to refer back to verse 14, if we can go back there. <clears throat> if we ask anything according to his will. Now, one of the things that I've seen over the years is I've seen people, you know, I've seen people take this, this Bible and they do, do all kinds of things with it, do whatever they want with it. You know, I've seen good people do it. I've done it myself, you know, tried to make something say something that you wanted it to say. But how many know that if you make something say something that you want it to say, and it's not what was intended when it was written, then it's wrong. It's not something that you, that you can have confidence in, right? Praise the Lord. And so we can go to the Bible and we can say, oh, the Bible says this and it says that and it says this. And so we should have this. But that's not always true. Now, there are some basic truths to things that we have. God has never left us nor forsaken us. I don't think you can twist that scripture very much. And, and, and that scripture, at least at one point, is given to us in the reference of supplying our needs. So we should be able to have confidence in that. But again, we have to get back into that place of walking in faith and walking in his will and knowing what he's talking about, you know, what he wants us to do. Amen. But there are times when God's will doesn't seem to come to pass or, or, or when our will, I should say, doesn't seem to come to pass when we pray things. Now, I want to refer to another scripture that we know, uh, know often. It's Romans eight twenty eight. <clears throat> Go ahead and bring that up. Yep. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, uh, the word are there also, also means being. So, so, you, you could, so you can understand it this way by saying to those being called according to his purpose. 
So somebody who is being called to, according to God's purpose is not just somebody who has a call, not just somebody who has been called, but it's somebody who is being called. In other words, if, if, I, uh, if I am actively, when I'm outside, I got my, my, my little runt dog, Cassie, my little rat. Amen. I was just out with her a little while ago, and we were walking around a, a trail on our property and just walking, and, and she was distracted by the things she was doing, and I was distracted by the things I was doing. But I kept calling to her every once in a while when she'd get a little bit too far behind me and call her to come to me, right? She was being called. Praise the Lord. Now, if, she, if I had left her in the house, she wasn't being called. She wouldn't be coming to me. I wouldn't be calling her to me. And so the same thing is, is when we're active in the plan of God, are we being called? Are we actually in the process of following after him or are we not? Because knowing that will also settle this verse in our hearts. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I, I know God works all things together for the good. Not necessarily. He's not working all things together for the good if you're not in his will. If you're not being called. God isn't calling you if you're ignoring him. Well, he might be calling you, but he's not calling you into the thing that he wants you to do. He's calling you to come to him so you can get the direction to go out and do the thing that he wants you to do. But God brings us to him to send us forward, to send us out. Amen. Praise God. And we can know this, and there's a reason this scripture is given to us. We can know that God causes all things to work together for the good. Now, this is an important statement because when it says this here, we have to understand something in it. There is something that's implied here that is very important for us to understand. You ready for it? That if he's causing all things to work together for the good, that doesn't necessarily mean all things that are happening are good. But God will cause all things to work together for the good to those who love God. Jesus said, if you love me, you do what I say. That you, you can bring that in here and, and, and put that in here too, right? To, to those who are being called. Those who are being called. Those who are called. Those, who, those being called into his purpose. Amen? So when we understand that, we have to understand that a lot of what God is going to bless us with, a lot of what God is going to do in our lives, the, the greater things, the things that are beyond what he blesses anybody with. There's a certain truth that God has just blessed humanity and he'll, he just puts certain blessings on humanity and that, that by and large they just work and you can work them. You know, there's, uh, uh, any farmer doesn't necessarily have to serve God to get a harvest. They just need to know to sow seed, right? Uh, the, you know, a, a good businessman can make lots of money. It's not necessarily, the, it's the blessing of God in the sense that he gave them the ability to do so, but he isn't looking at everybody's indi individual. Uh, you know, we had that question about weather patterns this week. I don't know for Faith Fix. Did anyone read that? Amen. Well, just the same as God isn't, uh, you know, manipulating every weather pattern, he's not manipulating every little thing in our life. He's not making, you know, he's not like boom, boom, boom. He's not making all, a lot of things happen just by natural processes. But that doesn't mean that God's blessing isn't on it. His help isn't on it. In fact, a lot of times God's direction, even when you look in scripture, a lot of times his direction was leading people to do certain things in the natural that just like curtailed certain things, certain troubles, certain trials. A lot of times God gave warnings through prophets. He gave one. He didn't stop it. He didn't stop the trial. He didn't stop Pharaoh from pursuing the Israelites. 
He didn't stop them at all. He let him come. He just told them where to go. And if they hadn't gone where he had told them where to go, they probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble. He didn't tell, or, or he didn't just eradicate Jericho. He had the Israelites march around it for certain purposes, right? And then when they tried to go into the other city by themselves, as AI or whatever, when they tried to go into that, it didn't work because they went by themselves. Do you see the parallel I'm drawing here? When you're in the will of God, when you're, when you're being called, when you're, when you're going in the direction he's taken you, there, there's certain things you can stand on and know and have hope and have expectation of and, and be excited about. And, and you know what? If there's trouble that comes, well, we can be okay with that because we can deal with the trouble. Because trouble is coming. But see, it's funny because what happens a lot of times in Christianity is when Christians face trouble, their world gets rocked. And the reason their world gets rocked is because they've never been settled on the Word of God. They've never been settled in the truth that He has put there before them. They've never settled it in their hearts. If I follow God, then he will provide certain things for me. All the bad that happens, he will work that out for good. If I follow God, and following God isn't hard. It's not like, okay, I got to get on my knees every single 10 minutes, every 10 minutes, and I got to, okay, God, am I following you here? Am I following you here? And am I new? You know, we, we know if we're in the will of God or not just simply by what our actions are. If we're living more for the world than we are for God, then we know we're not in the will of God. So you might as well just stop praying. I'm just telling you the truth. Or at least wait for a little bit. Get yourself in the will of God. Get yourself into some knowledge. Or at least go to God and say, Hey God, I know I'm not in your plan. I need to get in your plan. Because that's what's blessed. His plan is blessed. God is not blessing your plans. Man. Praise the Lord. Name it and claim it. Christianity. Name it and claim it. Christianity says, oh, anything you want, you just ask God. You just plead with God. You just put it. You just have faith for it, and you can have it. By God, anything you want to put your hands on, you can claim it. It's yours. But the only thing is, is that's not Scripture. In fact, that's completely anti-Scripture. That doesn't exist in truth. Now, that doesn't mean that we go to the other side of the, and get in the other ditch, which says, well, whatever happens will be. I guess if it happens, God wanted it to happen, and, and this and that, da-da-da. That's, that's garbage, too. Let's stay in the middle and actually get what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. Let's get what God says. Amen? You know, one of the things that encourages me is that even if the trial and the trouble that comes against me costs me my life, even in that case, I'm still going with him. Do you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. When, when things get really tough and really rough, now we're kind of pampered here in the United States. We're pretty pampered in our, in, in our we've been pampered. You know, and all these things that come against us and these things rise up. We have meltdowns over the I remember having a meltdown because I wasn't going to be able to go have sushi anytime I wanted. Do you know what that told me? Told me I was getting pretty soft. Yeah, it's the truth. But you all went through it too. You went through some kind of your, your thing, whatever it was, something that bothered you that you couldn't do. And oh, God, it's just not fair. And where's God? And this and that. And it's just like, what are we going to do? Whatever we're going to have. You understand what I'm talking about? There's people that cry because they, not because they got a new car, because they didn't get the color they wanted. I'm just telling you the truth. And we got to get over this stuff. This is such, I mean, the me society has taken the devil's job and made it so easy. I'm telling you, he bought a lazy boy. He's kicked back wherever he sits. His throne's a lazy boy. He's watching, laughing. I'm just telling you the truth. 
Why? And it's, you know, here's the thing, you know, I, I, I had this, I had this, uh, you know, some of this, this stuff come to me this week and it was like, wow. And this like, yo, this, this new fire to do things. And, 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 and yes, and it stirred me and it was good. I think I shared a bunch of it with John and he got, uh, he got the effects of little sleep and a lot of excitement. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now that doesn't mean I'm changing anything, but you, you know, he, he was there. Uh, he got to partake of some of that. And, uh, but, but you know, uh, today as I was, I, I was, I was kind of before the Lord and it was like, you know, I, I, I he settled me down a little bit. Hold up there, boy, just do what you're called to do. You know what I mean? There's a work to be done, and I have to look into it, and I have to see all that stuff, but I can't go make it happen all at once. And I think I, I even shared that uh, with John, too. You know, there's, there's things that, are, uh, that God will call us to, of course, and things, but we just need to focus on what he's calling us to right at the moment. Amen? But we know that God causes all things to work together for the good. That's a really awesome thing. That's something that we can stand on but we have to make sure that we're saying, now when it says cause all things together, work together for the good, that does not necessarily mean he's going to cause all things to work together for what you want to happen. <clears throat> Amen. We have to understand these things. God does not have us here. He has us here. See, there's two sides of this, and it's funny because with the Bible, with the truths, there, there's always sides to the truth. Like you can take a truth that's very true, and you can preach on it. It's like, oh yes, that's, that's true. But then you can preach the opposite on it too. And that's not because it's double standard. It just means because there's, there's so many variables that sometimes come into it. It's not really hard to navigate once you start knowing it, knowing how it works, amen? But uh, there are truths, like truths that God wants to bless you, yeah. right? But at the same time, God isn't going to bless a heathen who is, just, uh, who is just out doing whatever they want to do. But at the same time, God blesses all man, man, mankind as much as he can, as much as, as, much as he has. Everybody uh, experiences God's blessing in the world. And so there's that truth, too. So you see what I mean? There's a, these different truths, but we got to kind of find the balance in them. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to get into something here. And uh, go ahead and turn to Acts 7. You know, recently preached on Stephen, right? I can't remember where I did. I think it was here. <clears throat> Praise God. We recently talked about Stephen. And now we're going to kind of see Stephen again. And this wasn't planned when I preached that. Uh, but it is uh, planned now. Amen. Acts 7. Now, <clears throat> when we go through this, what we're about to read here, I want you to watch the wording, okay? So whether it's in your Bible or whether you're looking up here, I want you to watch the wording, all right? Um, and and I'll, I'll draw some things out too. Uh, we're going to start in verse uh, 54. Now we know what Stephen did. Well, that's where we kind of left off. In fact, we didn't leave off. I didn't leave off for the purpose of coming back to it. Didn't know I was going to, but we're coming back to it. So where we kind of left off when we were talking about Stephen before was that <clears throat> he was this, he was this uh, normal guy full of the Holy Spirit, Right? And uh, they, they, they needed people to wait tables because it wasn't right for the ones who were leading the ministries and driving the ministries to do that work. And so they, were, they needed some people to wait, wait tables and take care of the people and kind of deal with the stuff, the cleanup and all that, those type of things. So that one of the guys they picked was Stephen. And Stephen was this guy that was real faithful to his call. And then what we saw in Stephen is while he was faithful in his call to do that, that signs and wonders were performed through him. Yeah. 
So he had amazing miracles, these miracles that were happening through Stephen. And, and, and it, was, it was a pretty big thing. And so he kind of got known for that. Like he's the, you know, so to speak, the toilet scrubber who's like probably like, you know, casting demons out and in, 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 in making people sick come, well, you understand, right? Praise the Lord. He's doing great and wonderful things uh, without uh, a title. Glory to, God. Glory to God. So we, but now we're going to pick it up here. We kind of skipped a bunch of verses from where we were because Stephen gets himself into a pickle, doesn't he? He doesn't really get himself into a pickle, but he finds himself in this place of, of, of being, uh, 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 well, uh, the people not liking what he was saying, yeah. right? And then this is the result of the people not liking what he was saying. Uh, verse 54, it says, Now when they heard this, this was the people he was speaking to, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. Okay, now we, we see this word here. I say, watch the wording. Literally, that word gnashing means biting and chewing. They were biting him. They were so angry. They were so, uh, so intensely mad at what he was doing. They got to the place where they were gnawing at him, biting him. Think about that. Well, praise the Lord. <clears throat> but being full of the Holy Spirit... He gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and they covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, now that, here again, we come to another word, that driven him out of the city. It doesn't just mean they were like, go, go. That's not the kind of drive. They were beating him and dragging him and just, it's this idea of just absolutely abusing him, getting him out of there. I mean, they, they, they made like some of the riots look, uh, look, look tame. Amen? Uh <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Where was I? 58, yeah. Uh, when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. <clears throat> they went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So to, to put this again, to watch the wording, we think here stoning doesn't sound comfortable, but let's think about what this is. They were taking stones and pelting him with stones until it took his life. An awful way to go, right? This is Stephen. This guy was serving Jesus with his whole heart. Everything that says about Stephen was good. Everything that was told about Stephen was, was like commendable. Any Christian today who acted like Stephen would be incredibly valuable in the local church. But most Christians don't even compare. You're not even remotely. Yeah. That's just the truth. Yeah. I include myself in that. Most Christians don't compare to this kind of faith, this kind of fervor for God, this kind of hunger. And this is why God has me preaching this kind of stuff is because we got to get, get that back. That's right. 
We got to get to the place where, you know, churches stop, stop being this thing that we can opt into when we want and opt out of when we don't want. That we can, we have to understand that, see, that people like this, the reason that he had amazing signs and miracles and different things happening through him, the reason they knew revival was because they weren't lazy Christians. They weren't people who had received of what Christ did and sat back and said, well, I'll just do whatever I want to do and then I'll, I'll apologize to Jesus later. That's not the way they lived. They lived with their hearts, their lives, th fully thrown into the plan of God. Amen? Now, this doesn't mean they didn't have fun or enjoy life or anything like that. Kimberly, still go to Disney. Just throwing it out there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just not weekly. Amen. Glory to God. Um, <clears throat> Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, and this is very important, because uh, we're going to come back to this. He cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Nice way of saying he died. So this man had been stoned wrongly. He had been beaten. He had been chewed on. He had had all the things that you could possibly happen. Uh, probably spit on, you know, all that stuff would be included, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm gathering if they're beating him and throwing him around, throwing stones at him, they probably weren't above spitting him, especially when he was speaking things that they hated because that's the kind of thing that people do and did, right? Uh, uh, and then, and so he has this to the point of death, but look at the prayer he prays for them. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And now we pick up in verse, uh, or chapter 8. It says, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. Hearty agreement. Again, watch the words. Oh, he was overjoyed at this. He watched this innocent man be tortured, brutalized. This, and he was a religious man. He watched this with great joy. It, it, it filled his heart with joy to watch this happen. Hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on the, uh, that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now think about this. So a persecution, this is kind of how the persecution would be. They started hating the message so badly that people were, that this persecution arose and, and they were looking for Christians and they were driving them out of town. So like imagine sitting here have church and then all of a sudden the mob comes from downtown because they gathered there which, with, with, with whatever things they had and they come bursting through the door. They're, they're forgetting about rules. They're forgetting about uh, you know, laws and stuff like that. They don't care about any of that stuff anymore. They drive us out so much so that we don't even get a chance to go back to our homes that we have to leave town. We have to just disperse. That's what was, this was literally happening back then. This is the kind of things that the early church put up with. And yet it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get a full church on a Tuesday night. They they did it daily. But you know, you you think about this mentality and you think, well, now now let's just for a second let's connect this to our prayers that we pray. Lord, why 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 am I not getting this? Why is this not changing? Why is this not happening? And thinking about your own connection to him. I know that it does for me. You know, I preached on the, the rich young ruler, right? This weekend, preach on the rich young ruler. 
And when I, one, one point when I was woke up in the middle of the night, this is what I heard in my spirit. Everybody judges the rich young ruler. But he's no different than most of us. Yeah. Yeah. I asked myself, like, what, what, what do I really give up for God? What am I really willing to give up? Am I really willing to give up all comforts? Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean if you have something comfortable or have something nice that you're not willing. That's not what that, those scriptures were about. But the, I, the, the heart was, God was putting me in check and he's saying, everybody judges him, but do we really look at ourselves? Do we really look into all those areas and say, yeah, I, I can go without comfort just to bless my, uh, bless my, uh, my, my brother or sister in Christ? Or to follow God wherever he's going to go. Amen. Wherever he's going to take me. And so we see it. We think about it. We don't think about that kind of stuff. But then here's the, here's the early church. And they get driven out of town. So they get driven away. They can't have church anymore. They're under great persecution. These are people who are living for the Lord. They're, they're, they're doing what he's called them to do. They're running after him. Man, I, I can't tell you, one, one, there, there, there's people, there have been people that have left this church just because somebody else got a loud mouth and said something stupid. Yeah. Not somebody in here, but somebody wants to attack us. They say things about this, and they're like, oh, I guess it's true, or I guess this or that, or whatever. And then they just, you know, they go, and they, they still think they're Christians. And I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm just saying, what kind of Christians are these? Do we really want churches full of Christians that are just kind of like can be moved with any kind of... I mean, seriously, let's think about that. I would rather preach to a couple people that are hungry than, than, than thousands of people that are just kind of half-hearted about it. Why? Because nothing gets done that way. Amen? And you just deal with more sheep dip, right? Praise the Lord. If you don't know what that is, we can talk about it later. So Saul was in, in there, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting them to, him to death and the church is being persecuted some devout men buried Stephen and made a loud lamentation over him. So they were deeply, deeply moved, deeply saddened. <clears throat> and these were devout men too, so don't let anyone ever tell you that it's bad to feel, feel something. It's bad to feel sad or upset because somebody has passed or somebody was martyred or something like that. Of course, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen? Um. <clears throat> But Saul began ravaging the church. So if it wasn't enough that they drove him out, it wasn't enough that he had, they had killed Stephen, it wasn't enough that he had, you know, that they, they, that they had done what they had done. Now, this Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Now, these aren't the flowery prisons we have today, the prisons where they have rules. These were old world type prisons that were horrible places to be. And I didn't study it out, but just imagine the worst of the worst. I can't imagine being in prison, but even much worse, these places were even worse than that. And they, they didn't have the rules that we had today. So this is what he's doing now. He's not, he wasn't just content with driving them out of the church. Yeah. Folks, I'm just going to be honest with you. Christianity, if it doesn't wake up, is going to see persecution like this again. It's going to. Christians who call themselves, it is a dangerous thing to call yourself a Christian but not be, play the part. It's a dangerous thing because God will always protect his own. But there's going to be a lot of people that say, well, Lord, Lord, looking for his protection 
and he's going to be like, I, I, I've been here all along. You, have a, now, you, you know what I mean? You have, now, you have, now you call on me? The Bible talks about this. You know, people that think they're, they're, they're doing the will of the Lord, but they're not even looking at the scripture. They're not even looking into the truth of what it is. Amen. I haven't gotten done yet. Uh, verse 4. Uh, Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. So these, these had been scattered, these people, Christians, they, just, they had been driven out. They couldn't be where they wanted to be. Do you think they weren't rebuking things in Jesus' name? Do you think that they weren't getting together and praying together? I mean, do you think that they weren't seeking God with everything that they had? I can tell you, as soon as COVID happened, the minute that it happened, because we didn't, nobody knew what, anything about it, what it was, seemed like the world was falling apart. And regardless of what anyone thinks, I had two churches. One of them, one of them was, being, uh, was being persecuted to a degree, not even remotely like this, but we were being persecuted for having a typical Tuesday night service when nobody knew what was going on. But that, that happened, and people in, in the town gathered in and joined in on that, you know, and they, they, they all hated that. And I, I went to the Lord, and it was just like, what, what's going on here? What do we do, you know? Like, it, it drove me to seek God on some things. That I had never sought him before, sought on, sought him for before, right? What do you think would happen in this case? Yeah. I mean, these people—they they were seeking God, they were after him, they were praying. These were already devout, faithful people. Right. These were people that were already serving God, and they were—they were—they were, they were seeking him. They were after him. They actually, the Bible tells us in Acts—I point out there because we have it written on the wall, Acts two forty-two—that they continued daily with one accord. Daily, one accord. It's like they came together every day. They ate food together. They prayed together. They read the word together. They had church every single day, and they did it with joy. When they had extra, they brought the extra, and and the disciples would take or the apostles would take their extra and say, "Okay, you have need, you have need, you have need," and dole out the extra. This was the early church daily with one accord, and they were praying. They were in the will of God. If anything, we can say they were right. And look at the persecution. What, what is all of this about? Why am I, I mean, this is a, Pastor Jeff, this is a gloom and doom message. Where are we going? We're going to get to something good. Amen? We're going to get somewhere good. I promise I won't leave you, I won't leave you. But we have to set the stage with the bad first, right? <laughs> Glory to God. So who is this guy Saul? Does anyone know who Saul is? Saul is the Apostle Paul. This is before, obviously before, God used them to write most of the New Testament. That's a pretty amazing thing to think about. Now let's jump on over to Philippians 1. I got chills right there. I don't think it was AC because that still ain't working in here yet. Praise the Lord. We'll get it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Praise the Lord. Philippians 1. Now this is kind of a fast forward. Sometime later, Paul's been doing good by God. We'll just say that. Saul's been changed to Paul. God gave him a new name. Right? And uh, uh, I think is how it works. And if it's not, then don't come up afterwards because that's not the point of this message. It should be chalk it up to one thing I missed. Amen. Philippians 1.12 It says here, this is Paul. He says, Now I want you to know, brethren, 
that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. What is he talking about? He's not talking about the circumstances back there. See, when, when, when Paul went out and started, was in the ministry, when he had gotten called forward by Jesus and, and, and he had had that radical transformation and Jesus had taught him, he went about doing good, doing the work of the gospel, teaching everybody about Jesus Christ, this one that was persecuted, hallelujah, this one who had persecuted. And, and, and we see this here, and, he, and, he, and here he is going about, but we see he went through trial after trial after trial. Yeah. Everything he did for God was opposed. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment, he was imprisoned. He was the one imprisoning people, and now he finds himself there. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. When the devil turned up the heat on faithful people, faithful people just held on to their faith. When they had opposition, they just trusted God more. When they saw bad things, things that weren't fair, when they saw things come at them that weren't, just weren't right, they didn't say, I'm quitting. They didn't say, I'm leaving that church. What did they do? They turned it up. So I'm just going to get more faithful. I'm going to preach the word louder. Devil, you're going to bring something against me. I'm just going to kick your kingdom's butt. That's what they started doing. But today, if you turn up the heat just a little bit, Christians run for the hills. They go, for, it wasn't easy. I didn't like what Pastor Jeff said about that. I've had people leave us over stupid reasons, like uh, because I, I, I said something about uh, a, a political thing. People have left us for stupid reasons. That's stupid reason to leave a church where God has called you to be. Well, listen, we can disagree about pol- politics, and I try not to preach too much about politics, only when I'm watching too much news does that come out. But, uh, and I try not to do that at all anymore, but you know how it is, every, every election cycle, I get caught up in it like everybody else does and end up saying something and sometimes something stupid and somebody gets mad at me because they say so and somebody leaves and it's like, who, well, seriously, is that what's going to move you? If I tell you something, if, listen, I can come to you with the word of God. I know this is a fact. I can come to people, a lot of people, a lot of people, maybe some of you here. I could come to you with the open word of God and say, what you're doing is wrong, and you'd be mad at me. I'd say, what you're doing is going to cause you pain and suffering, and you'd be mad at me. I could say, what you're doing is tearing apart the body of Christ, and you'd be mad at me. That's just the truth. Why? Because Christians are a bunch of lilies. They just are. It's like, no, like, listen, if you don't like it, if it's my opinion, and you don't like it, fine. Don't like it. But if it's the word of God and you don't like it, change your attitude because unless you do, you're not going to get help. My God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's just the truth. It's the word of God that changes our lives if, there's a big if, if we connect to it. The Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Make it new. Change it from what it was. Get your old stupid thinking out. 
Sorry, kids. I know you're not allowed to say it. Remember, you have to be a pastor in order to say it. We don't have many in, in this church, so... <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but there are some places that might take you just because to be... Never mind. Because some places don't even vet... I, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, I've, uh, there's been times I've been like, are you serious? Are you serious? Well, praise the Lord. You're saying, what are you talking about, Pastor? Don't ever, don't, okay. i make somebody mad. Not really. I might make somebody I'm mad online. I might get kicked off Facebook. What, what's going to happen to me here? Jail. Facebook jail. Oh, we've never been in Facebook jail. Have we? Oh, we might have been. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> only, only the good people go to Facebook jail. And that most, uh, praise the Lord, most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more. But look at what it says there. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Why am I talking about this stuff? Because sometimes the things that we pray for are just the wrong things. If Paul was praying, Lord, save me from this prison, then the furtherance of the gospel wouldn't be happening. Now, I'm going to share something with you. We, we, we got time. I got time and I got a few scriptures. But you know how I like to talk, so. <clears throat> Let's go back to Acts. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring this back. I'm going to tie this up more, but I, I want to go back to Acts first. Acts 9. Hallelujah. You know, in these things, uh, these things are in my heart. It was so awesome because I, I, I was... You know, I was before the Lord. I was like, Lord, what, what do I do? What, what do you want me to do, you know? What do you, want, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? And he quotes, uh, uh, he quotes 1 Peter 5 to me. <clears throat> the, the, the direction to a pastor. That's what he, that's what he told me. Uh, shepherd the flock, which had been made an overseer. I got my direction. No, of course, that can be kind of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can go into that. But, but, but he, what he was doing was settling something in my heart. Just continue doing the thing that I have you doing. And, and as I do, see, this is the thing. We don't have to, when we have big things in our heart, when God shares things with us and we have big things in our heart, don't, don't just cast them aside. Don't, don't uh, oh, praise the Lord. Don't just throw them away. Don't just like, you know, but just do what you know to do right now. And as you do what you know to do right now, God will open the door for you. But if you're not even doing what you know to do right now, and maybe what you, a lot of times what happens is what you know to do right now isn't real impressive. Right. It's sweeping. Does it look like sweeping? Huh? It wouldn't get it done? Vacuuming. Stuffing envelopes. Scrubbing the toilet. Whatever, whatever it is, right? Praise the Lord. Sometimes it doesn't seem very interesting. You know, I love people that aren't very excited about the local church. I love, I love it. People who are too spiritual for the local church. I don't, I, don't, I don't get all that. Listen, if I got up here every single week and preached nothing more than Jesus loves you, this I know. If I did nothing more than that, the local church is still necessary. It's still important. And I don't care if you, have, if you are Billy Graham, you still need to hear it. 
There are so many people that think they're too spiritual for a local church. <clears throat> and we, I, could tell, I could talk all day about that, but I ain't gonna. Amen. One, because it's night. And two, because I'm preaching something else. Amen. You go to Acts 9. Acts 9. Praise God. I think we'll start at verse 1. Now, now look at this guy. Now Saul, still breathing. Now this is going back. This is back in time again, right? This is pre-conversion. This section is actually, in my Bible, it's called the conversion of Saul. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So he's breathing threats and murder. That's pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, even just reading it there, it's kind of intense. Yeah. He's breathing threats. Like it's, it's, like, it's like his life. It's just coming out of him. He's so enraged with these Christians. He just hates them so much. And he's murder, kill, die, kill them all. Get rid of them all. Let's, let's hunt them down and let's just destroy them. We'll stone them. We'll hang them. We'll crucify them. This is what he's, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And ask for letters. Uh, letter. Uh, and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, any Christians, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened he was approaching Damascus and suddenly, I love and suddenlies. See, that's the thing. So often we're like ready to give up, but God is a God of and suddenlies. Oh, man, hallelujah. You, you just, you're just going. I remember there was a day I couldn't wait to be a pastor. I couldn't wait because I knew I was called to do, and we, were, we knew the town, and we were trying to get it figured out, and it, was just gonna, and it seemed like it was taking forever. Praise the Lord. And then one day, I'm standing here nine years later, eight years. How many years have we been doing this? Almost nine years later. Praise the Lord. And suddenly it's happened. <clears throat> Glory to God. And as he was traveling, it happened. Uh, as he was approaching Damascus, and, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, first I want you to take note of this. Who Paul, Paul was persecuting Christians, and Jesus said, By persecuting Christians, you're persecuting me. So that's the first thing you have to understand. God has got your back. Yeah. If people are perse persecuting you because of your faith or because you are trying to do right or whatever it is, yeah. God has got your back. Yeah. Amen? But this is an important thing here. I want to, real quickly, um, this happened for a specific reason. And I want to point back to something I said we'd come back to earlier. Jump back to Acts 7 and verse 60. Praise the Lord. See, it would seem in all this time... Uh -uh. Wait, is that the scripture I wanted? Yes. It would seem that all this time... That, these, that these, this prayer wouldn't have much effect. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. You know, it was this prayer that released Saul. I believe this with all my heart. That, that it's this prayer that released Saul to the place where God could use him. 
This is the man that, for all intents and purposes, killed Stephen. A righteous man, and this man killed him. Now look at this, though. All this time later, Jesus comes to him, appears to him, or whatever the time was, it didn't matter. He at least had enough time to go into houses and drag people out. He didn't stop with Stephen. But you see the prayer working and you see this persecution happening, or you see the prayer happen, you see the persecution happen. And so often in our lives, we're like, you know, we, <clears throat> we don't have the thing that we've prayed for. We don't have the money we prayed for. We don't have the help we prayed for. We don't have this we prayed for. We don't have that we prayed for. And we know that we prayed according to God's will. And so what we do is we start getting frustrated because things haven't changed. Well, by God, it's been a year. It's been two years. It's been this amount of time, whatever it is. But look at this. Paul went on to write, the, to, to write uh, most of the New Testament, right? We can say that. Almost all the letters to the churches are written by Paul. All, the, all those letters were, you know, all of that, that great revelation of Jesus Christ, the thing that we know, how we know who we even are, I mean, think about the book of Romans. Think about Ephesians. Think about Philippians. Think about, you know, uh, you, you know all, the, all, all these books that, like, are so incredibly important to our, our, our walk and that we, we understand through them. You know, Romans is called the ABCs of faith. We can know everything we need to know just in the book of Romans. If we never had anything but the book of Romans, we have enough to know about salvation and how to live for God yeah. and how to be blessed and that God wants to bless us. All of this is truth. Just in that one little book. And that's all, that all comes from Paul. The one who killed Stephen. The one who it didn't seem like things were happening. You know, that, that he was just allowed to go out there and ravage. Where, where is my justice? You know, and the reason that I bring this up is because there's so many things in life we look for. We're, we're, we're looking for our answer today. We think that if it hasn't happened today, then, then for some reason I, I must be missing God. How about just staying in faith? How about just trusting God? How about just saying, you know what? I don't always get everything I want, but it's okay because as long as I stay in the plan of God, I'll know what I have. See, God reveals to me. I don't pray for, I, I, I can't, I mean, every once in a while, if I want something just because he's my father, I go to him and I say, Lord, I'd really like this. But, you know, other than that, I don't spend any time pray, praying about things or whatever. I don't pray for our, you know, I don't pray for our welfare or that things, like I don't have to. Why? Because if you walk with the Lord, he just provides that stuff. Now, I'm not saying you don't spend time in prayer. Our time in prayer is really meant for other people. Our time in prayer is meant to help other people. Lord, help this person with this. Pray for this. It's to cover the gap when somebody else, you know, they, they don't know enough or they're, they're rejecting it or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's impossible circumstances that are happening with other people. And they don't, listen, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <clears throat> the world and people and Christians that don't know, they don't know how to access the things of God. But every born-again believer should know how to access God. They should know that if they're in the plan of God, that God just takes care of them. That's it. And, and, and it's not always, you know, God, I, to, I told you so much, that God has dealt with me over and over and over again about my preferences. You know, I, I've heard faith preachers say stuff like, you know, if you're going to have a car, you know, you believe God for a car, and you also, you, you got to call out the color and all that stuff. See, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that that's, I don't believe that's what the Bible calls us to. 
Now, God blesses me with ridiculous things. What I mean by that is like things that I never thought I'd have and things that don't even, like, it, it wouldn't matter even to anybody else, but he blesses me with it because he loves me and he knows that, he, that, I, that it matters to me and he'll bless me. But I'm not chasing those things. I'm not trying to, to, to hunt down, well, how do I get this to work? I know that all things work together for the good to those who are being called. And since I'm being called, I can know that, that whatever happens, I'm going to overcome it. And you have to know the same thing. We have to know this. We have to get this settled in our hearts that, that we don't spend all this time praying about just what we need. In fact, it shouldn't really even be more than I... To really spend any time on things that we need just seems completely... It seems worthless. Especially when you know that God provides everything. My God shall, provide, shall uh, supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's Philippians 4.19. But there is a big a big caveat with that scripture. If you are in his plan, if you are a faithful giver, a faithful sower into the kingdom of God, and you are in his plan, that's, how, that's the context of that scripture. Then you can. Philippians 4.13, I guess we like to quote, the people like to quote this. A lot of Christians do. I, I heard it just recently. Somebody quoted, not in the churches, but like somewhere on TV or something. Somebody said, oh, I can do all things. For, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That doesn't apply to all things. You can't like get yourself in a big, big, big old mess and then sit there and go, well, I guess I can just finish it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, that's not, the way, that's not what it applies to. It applies to those who are following the plan of God. The plan of God has got to be everything to you. Yes. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so we see that God takes it. And I just, I have to stay on this idea that just because things don't look the way that we want them to. Do you know what would be interesting? Can I give you an interesting example? So with a pastor, these things are magnified, <laughs> magnified because you have a church. Now, with a church, this is what you have. And Paul talked about this, too. He said, besides this, the, he was talking about all his persecutions. He said, besides this, the cares of the church, which come on me daily. The cares of the church are on a leader daily. Why is that? Because somebody calls. Maybe today you're having a good week, but somebody on the other side of the church isn't. And a lot of times it happens to be that there's probably three or four, maybe more people that are. And sometimes those are all major meltdowns. See, this is what people don't remember. And this is the thing. This is why we are kind of, this is kind of why we're kind of strict on some things that we do and don't do. Because a lot of people don't understand. Like, it, it, just because you haven't needed me this week doesn't mean somebody hasn't. Now you magnify that by putting two churches on it. And even though Corey isn't like huge in numbers or anything like that right now, it, it, that doesn't mean that there isn't need for those. Still, plus there's the seeking of Lord for those places. So there's the cares of the churches. Now with all that, you think about this. Buildings. <clears throat> if the roof leaks, the buck stops here. If the parking lot needs paved or if it needs resurfaced, or if it needs Jamestown, just had a new parking lot. The parking lot I, I had, I orchestrated getting put in. Um, they just finally got it resurfaced. Did he announce how much it was? Oh, okay. 
yeah, it was the second largest expense other than building. I won't say how much it was because I don't know if it was public and I, it's, that's his business, not mine. But I'll say this, that when we, when we had the initial, the, the base layer put in, it, this was like before I was pastoring, before I, any of that, um, it was over, it was like $120,000. It gave me a whole new, just, just to do parking, just to put cars on, yeah. just so people will come in the building. Now, to give you some kind of idea what that is, and every single time I drive down the road and I see them paving miles of road, I think, dear Lord, what does that cost? Because I look at parking lots all different. I look at the mall. I understand why the Chautauqua Mall, like three quarters or at least a third of the parking lot is going back to field. Because you're talking about millions and millions of dollars just to pave it. And if you don't got a bunch of stores paying the rent, guess what? But my point is, is this. See, a lot of people, they, they come, they don't, they don't mind thinking that all that stuff. See, every time somebody withholds a tithe from the local church, they don't think about things like that. They don't think about the costs associated with it. They don't think about the, you know, all those types of things. And see, that's just truth. That's just, just, just out there. So those kinds of things come on a pastor all the time. Amen. So we started this church by the direction of the Lord. I had other people that verified it. So it wasn't just me saying, hey, this is God. But I had other spiritual people who picked it up as well. And so they verified that it was the work of the Lord. And in the work of the Lord, here we are getting in the midst of it. We, we go down there and we do it and we, we buy a building. Also the direction of the Lord and, and, and all this stuff. And, it's, and now we go from a church that pays its bills, right? And maybe had a little extra at the time. And when I say mean a little bit extra, I mean, like, what do you do with things like that? Well, you pay off the building, you, you do other things like that, outreaches, so on and so forth. It doesn't make me rich. It, it, it doesn't. The only way my pay, my pay is going to change this year probably is if uh, y'all stop giving, and then I won't get one. But that's about it. You know, that's the only way it's going to change. It doesn't, like, if more comes in, I don't just all of a sudden get a bump up in a rate. You know, it's not like I'm back there taking the offering and stuff like that. But uh, so I just, just so you know, just clarify that. But at any rate, uh, you know, so the, 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 we get this other church, and it's like, you know, there isn't a lot of money coming into that church. So Mayville is covering the cost of two churches, Right? And I wasn't getting paid to do that. It wasn't like, I, I mean, for now I get a little bit of a stipend to do that little bit, very little. But uh, before, uh, for five years, I didn't get anything to do that. So it's not, you know, but, uh, and that was fine. I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining, right? Uh, but at any rate, so, you know, you think about that. And on, on a pastor, that's like constant trying to nag at you. Well, what, what happens if the, a hundred, you know, because down in here, the, the electrics are cheap. Down there, it's like they're making up for it being so cheap here. <laughs> Amen. You know, and so you get, like, you get big bill, and then there's all of a sudden, you know, air conditioning units and stuff like that that need to be replaced, and all of those things, you know, constantly. And, 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 and we don't have any millionaires just putting in thousands of dollars every week into the offering bucket, um, like some churches do, praise the Lord, but we, we just don't. But you know what? Uh, God dealt with me on is about trusting him all the way. And so I've had to learn to walk this out. That's, that's all that it is. We, uh, we had to learn to walk it out. I could be in fear when you could show up to a service and, and three quarters of the people decided not to come that Sunday. Yeah, all of that stuff translates. But you see, when you walk in faith, none of it matters. When COVID happened and we, had to, and we, and we shut down things for a time, you know, when we just did the outside, there, 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 and I remember this because it went through churches all across the nation, all across the world. 
if people stop coming in, people are going to stop giving. And then what happens with the building? Because you still got to pay bills. You still got to keep it open, right? Still got a person that holds a mortgage on it and stuff like that. And I went before the Lord and I said, I, I, I said, Lord, because I had just had enough of it all. I got by the point, time I had come to him about this. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm putting it all in your hands. I'm just going to trust you. In fact, I said this, I'm not even going to take up an offer, or I'm not even going to talk about offering. I'm going to have buckets. I'm going to have the ushers. If they want, or, you know, if people want to, they can still give. Do you know in that time period, uh, for, uh, like where it was really intense, not only did we never skip a beat, but it increased slightly. Yeah. Why? Because, I, because you trust the Lord. And see, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that, that when you, you, you know, because I think any of you know, know if you were here or you listened, I, I didn't push offerings or I didn't say, hey, you got to make sure you give your offering because we got to keep the doors open. I don't think I ever said anything like that. Amen. Yeah, if we could find something, I don't know, maybe. But, but the point is, you know, you, you have this extra and it doesn't seem like we should stay afloat and yet you do. And then it's like years go by and you're still going. Have you ever had that happen in your own life? Yeah. Where you're worried about something and then you realize, man, about six months have gone by and we're still alive. Yeah. We're still eating. Yeah. Man, I ain't got too skinny yet, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Like, like there's still stuff, stuff is still going on. I still drive here and there. Yeah. You know, my, my wife and I, we were reaching up to touch bottom. I remember there was a time when we couldn't even pay, we couldn't pay anything. We couldn't afford to pay attention, right? That's what they say. I remember, I, honest guy, we lived in Jamestown. I had a little fuel-efficient car. I was going out to help Pastor Michael, and I didn't know how I was going to pay for gas because I didn't have enough gas. We didn't have enough money to have gas get us to Fredonia and back. That's a 30-minute drive. A 30-minute drive, folks. Not when it was like, you know, $5 a gallon either. We had been in the church for five years. We had been tithers. We had been givers on top of that. Where's the promise of the things happening? You see, the thing is, is what we learned in those, that time period is to trust God. We don't go without because we trust God. We won't lose because we trust God. And the worst that anyone can do to me on this earth is take my life, but I still get to be with him. So I still get to smile. I trust God. I wake up today as a Christian, a born-again believer, spirit-indwelt Christian. Glory to God, who has the favor of God every place I go. In everything I do, if I follow him. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. See, you understand, when you start getting perspective on things and you don't worry so much about the stuff that's coming down the road. You know, I, I see people all the time so fearful, so afraid. They're so afraid and ridiculously afraid of everything. If something happens and, oh, it's the, just trust God. So, well, wait a minute, I, I, I don't know about this God. Well, let me tell you. You understand, see, there's our open door. But what happens when a bunch of Christians are running around, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. It's always so bad. It's always so hard. It's always so tough. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. If the Apostle Paul did that, we'd have much, much different New Testament. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what would happen if you read this and it just made you more depressed? Yeah. What, happens if people, what, what happens if Paul misquote Job like a lot of preachers do? Yeah. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. 
Yeah, what would happen if that happened? That's not scripture. Yeah, we can write Christian songs about it. I, I've heard that so many times. Christians saying the Lord gives and takes. It's like, seriously? Seriously, did anyone forget that there's a devil? God said, I'll bless you. You know, if God removes something from your life, it's only a good thing. It's not, it's not in contact. You know, because the only time people use that is when they lost something that really meant something to them. Somebody close to them died. Well, the Lord gave and the Lord took away. Something real hard, you know, really hard happens. Like they, get a, they take a financial hit uh, or, or they lose their job. Well, the Lord gave and the Lord took away. Yeah, because God doesn't want his children being funded for the gospel. Right? And when somebody dies, yeah, God doesn't need anybody. Uh, God doesn't need faithful men and women of God to, to work for him. He needs them in heaven. He needs another, another angel. Praise the Lord. Do you see what I mean? It's just like people have this wrong thinking about Christianity, about God, and it's no wonder that the world doesn't think any differently about it. Why do they want to serve our God when the God that comes out of your mouth isn't as strong? I can't say that. Oh, I was going to say something good. No, I'm going to say you get your intro. Wasn't as competent as some politicians. How about that? Yeah, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, seriously. If you listen to the God that if you listen to the God that you portray, what would you hear? <clears throat> if you were listening to the God that you portray, what would you hear? If you were if you were hearing it out of your mouth, think about it. If 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 you look at your life and your life is always miserable, then you need to start serving the Lord. Because my God doesn't allow people to be miserable. If they're miserable, they're miserable by their own choice. My God does not allow his people to be miserable. Yeah. I mean, he'll let you be miserable if you want to be. But he doesn't, it's not like he's like, here, be miserable. God doesn't have miserable to hand out. That wasn't a fruit of the Spirit. Miserable is not a fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a new one. I like that one. Yeah. Miserable is not a fruit of the Spirit. Somebody write it down. We'll, we'll preach about that. Amen. We're going to get it on the wall. We'll get engraved on a stone. That's why we need one of those stupid signs out front with the light up thing. Yeah, free advice. Yes, free advice. Miserable is not a fruit of the Spirit. We're getting a banner made or something. I'm excited about it. We might not, but you know, I'm excited about it now, so we'll talk about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Folks, God always comes through for his people. I believe it. It came through for me today. Right? I didn't want to preach tonight. You know, I, it happens a lot, right? Because I'm human, right? I mean, I'm just going to share with you how much human I am. I probably share way too much, but I just share it. But I, I, you know how it is. Like, I just can't. I, just, I told God a long time ago, I said, listen, the sanctifying is on your end, right? I mean, I know I got to do certain things. I got to be obedient, stuff like that. And I try like crazy. But, you know, the, sancti the, the working it through is on your end. You know, you got to. Praise God. But I think he gets a kick out of me sometimes. Amen? My wife does. And so, and I know that he hangs out with her, so he's got, so he's got to be all right with me too. Amen? Or maybe he's just okay with it for her sake. I don't know. One of the two. But let's close with 1 Peter 2.20. Because we got to get to an end here. See, I could just sit and talk all night. We could just, just have dinner and hang out in our sweatpants. And glory to God. 1 Peter 2.20, For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right 
and suffer for it, you patiently endure. Look at this. This finds favor with God. Patiently enduring when you're wrongfully treated, when you're treated bad for doing what's right, and this finds favor with God. Hallelujah. Listen, in the world we're going to have trials. Everybody's going to have trials. But with God we find favor. Amen? Let's just stick with him.